SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Leading the conversation. All right, good afternoon. Eight minutes after one. This is Life Happens. My name is Pimelo Mutine. I'm with you until three. I want to know on a scale of one to ten how your anxiety levels are right now. As a parent, as a student, as a grade seven student, as a grade 12 student, as a teacher. How are your anxiety levels right now? That's really what I want to know. Apart from all the other things that we're going to do today, I am always going to be here listening to those calls. I'm going to take them. I'm going to take throughout the show. I want to know how your anxiety levels are right now. And let me park the student, the teacher. I want to know how the parent is doing. Oh my goodness. 891 How did you wake up today? We're obviously discussing the fact that it was... Yes, 1 of June is when we're going back to school for sure, for sure, for sure. And I was here with you when that conversation happened all of last week. And in fact, I think we had Elijah. Yes, we had the spokesperson of the Minister of Basic Education come and tell us, you know, with no one, no uncertain terms, will we be back at school on the 1st of June? We had that conversation. It was a very interesting conversation because we had unions and teachers and all sorts of people also come on and say, well, we are going there and then others protesting. So we're here now. No, we didn't go back to school today. We're here. And the minister has very, very graciously come up to say she apologizes. She apologizes for the delay. She apologizes for the for the change of press conference briefings and so on. As you may know, we were meant to hear from the minister on Saturday. It didn't happen. And there was a lot of anxiety. And because it didn't happen, we also thought maybe there will be something on Sunday. That didn't happen. It was pushed to 11 o'clock. She has profusely apologized. I think... I must say, if nothing else, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take the fact that she was so, the humility of her apologizing for what is a very confusing time. But I also want to tell you, I do not want to be in her shoes. That's why I'm not the minister and she is. Okay, so let's talk about it. Let's talk about what got us here. Because for two weeks, we were all very clear and the department's voice was very bold in very cl- in being clear that they're coming back on the 1st of June. Lots of people were naysayers. Lots of organizations were, in fact, others taking them to court, others threatening this and that and the next thing. My question is, how did we get ourselves here? We obviously were not part of conversations that happened on Saturday and Sunday. She said there were conversations that happened on Sunday that informed her in making the decision that Monday was not going to happen. Monday being today. Okay. Godwin Koza is a CEO of NECT, National Education Collaboration Trust. They are part of the people who were giving guidelines and were assisting in putting together guidelines to what would be deemed as a safe enough environment for students to come back into. To the schools. The minister has just told us that after all of that consultation, they realize that they, they will not be able to deliver on what would be deemed a safe enough environment for students to go back. Now, let's speak to Godwin Koza, who joins us now on the line to talk to us about, you know, what were the guidelines? Because I think I want the listener to go on a journey with us of understanding what would have been the safest environment for children to go back to school. Good afternoon, and thank you so much for joining us. Good afternoon, Timelo, and good afternoon to the lead listener. Um, I think you raise a very important, uh, you know, question and perspective into the questioning. And I must indicate that 
the NECC, the Human Sciences Research Council, plus 94 research, and feature uh, consulting and the New Leaders Foundation. We actually we actually formed a consortium that started collecting you know data about how, the extent to which the the system was ready. Got you. Um, you know, when we looked at the regulations that were put out by uh, the department, mm. it took no time to realize that actually readiness is, is not an absolute measure. Mm. So you'll go around and say, you're ready, you're not ready, you're ready, you're not ready. It's a measure, the mm. degree of readiness. Mm-hmm. So even each and every school will have a degree of measure, I mean readiness mm. rather than an absolute uh, measure. Gotcha. The same would apply to districts and provinces. Um, and nationally. Mm. So after collecting all this critical data, we got to a conclusion that actually we think we haven't reached a degree of readiness. What, in Maj- w- what would have been, according to this consortium, what would have been the acceptable degree of readiness as a collective to say we can say go? So there's, um, there's some auditing principles and a whole lot of science yeah. uh, analyzing the data that we collected. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, we ended up uh, separating three categories of items okay. that we, we thought would tell us about readiness. Okay. So those were critical, which is one category critical. The second one essential. The third one is good practice. Okay. So critical ones would be you would have Soap and running water, mm-hmm. um, isolation or sick rooms, mm-hmm. two cloth masks per teacher and per learner, mm-hmm. um, wash basins in uh, toilets, mm-hmm. non-contact thermometers, uh, disposable drying material like paper towels okay. and sanitizers, training for staff on how to receive, you know, learners and teachers and how to manage the environment, mm-hmm. social distancing in classrooms. Screening upon entry, you know, uh, of the premises. Okay. So those we categorize as uh, critical, hmm. and we took those and we we constructed indices, so an index, mm. a measure mm. that would say this one, yeah. this school has this this score on this index. Then there were a second category which is essential. Mm-hmm. So essential includes things that would not stop from you from reopening. But they're essential, I mean, to ensure mm. the health and safety of teachers and learners. Okay. These include registers, copy of the standard operating procedures. Hang on a minute. In Reg- register of? People who walk in and out okay. of the school. Registry so, of, ev- of every single individual walking in and out of the school. Yes, okay. because if, if it happens that there's an outbreak, mm-hmm. Department of Health must be able to trace each yeah. and every person who would have gone into that school. So, so, right? so, are you measuring the capacity to be able to register those people? So, we're measuring. We establish whether there's a system, okay, you know, in place. Yeah. Is there a register? You know, does it have yeah. the required uh, mm, field? Got you. Uh, name, address, and that sort of thing. Okay. So, under that category of essential, it's social distancing in classrooms, demarcation tape on the floor psychosocial support, and there is a um, whole system for managing comorbidities so, among... So that's interesting that you would put a psychosocial, um, psychosupport, uh, social support as, as an essential. Well, you see, um, and, and this is anticipating what could happen in a couple of weeks. Uh-huh. 
the 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 higher the infections go, yes. the anxiety would also graph would also follow. Wow. So you 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 can't teach a child or you can't expect a teacher who is anxious yes. about this, you know. So there's got to be psychosocial support, you know, mechanisms. Uh- I'll, I'll tell you why I find that interesting uh, under the category of essential is that yeah. in the very first place, would we even have, from my understanding, we don't even have enough social workers, for goodness sake. So if schools need to provide that as an essential, would we even have that capacity at all? At, at all? So this thing called, because I mean, this whole thing about uh, reopening schools, it's a public policy discussion. And yes. A set of public policies has to be decided on. Public policy is very interesting because um, the truth and practically, you're not going to solve the problems that you didn't solve for the past 40 yeah, years, yeah, right? Yeah. So that's why we also recognize the fact that readiness is a degree, mm. you know, and not an absolute thing. So you don't have to have a physical, psychosocial support, a psychologist or social worker at the school. Mm-hmm. If you do, even better. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, then you've got to make other, you know... Um, uh, make the means provision. to find them if their need is required. Well, I mean, there are a range of things that you can do. Yeah. So you train a couple of teachers mm-hmm. to be lay um, um, you know, social workers, if you like, ah. and they know how to refer. You can set up a, a hotline or you have a clear-cut reference uh, you know, system that people will follow in order to get the help that they require. I see. So, and this is why I suppose training was f- part of critical. Uh, and then the, 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 the social support is, is essential, as in the second level. Absolutely. Got and you. I mean, when you deal with uh, large numbers of people, uh, you know, yeah. you better have you know, proper training, you know, simple to follow steps. Yeah for everyone too, uh, and we're talking here of in the north of 440,000, uh, you know, teachers Teacher. in the schools, mm. 25,000, you know, schools, they are allocated, I mean, they are in about 75 districts, so there's lots of variances, and it's actually a very tricky process to manage, mm. um, you know, to get to that level. Sure. But the third category, it's like good practice. Mm. So good practices, is, it will include things like if you have posters and signs on strategic areas, you have a biodata form to be filled by learners, um, you know, information about parents and learners, monitoring of learner attendance and, you know, their happiness levels, uh, monitoring of teacher attendance. Th- those, are, those are like uh, monitoring of transport. Those are like good practice, you know. Uh, so it's, it's your tops. When you do those sorts of things, you top. But again, all these are subject to discussion. Okay. Um, no, yeah. It makes perfect sense to me. You've given us a very nice uh, background to all of this. I'm going to bring in uh, Mr. Richard Masamula, who's a co-founder of Teach South Africa. And basically, from a perspective of an educator, that's why we are talking to him. This, for me, is, is quite interesting, what you've put together, uh, Mr. Koza, because it helps all of us understand how it is that we came to a point of making the decision whether we are ready or not. Now, Mr. Masamula, I don't know if you've seen these guidelines or at least heard what the minister said this afternoon. From your perspective, what would be deemed to be ready as an educator? Do you agree with these guidelines? I agree with these guidelines and thanks uh, for inviting me uh, 
and, and hi to Mr. Koza in the nation at large. Uh, I agree with these guidelines. Uh, they are very helpful because as, as, as educators, as working in the space of uh, schools, uh, I can say here that we are on the front line. Uh, mm. We are almost like the essential services. And that is why there is so much uh, panic mm. about schools being ready. And I'm sure everybody is, 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 in, is agreeable to the fact that safety first. Mr. Yeah. Mr. Masamula, let me ask you this question, and, and this is an interesting question because you've seen how every time there is, for instance, a change of curricula, and I know the context is very different. You know, you would have teachers who complain about, yes, we didn't have enough time to be trained and too much change is not great for us, you know, all of that stuff. In line with these guidelines where training is essential and the timing um, of us, our ambition to open uh, the schools, would that be doable? Would you be able to to give the educators enough time and train them to execute what is required of them by now the 8th of June? Yes, uh, this is not rocket science. Uh, I mean, if we look at the schedules of how this thing has been prepared, mm -hmm. uh, school SMTs, which are managers of schools and principals and deputy principals were phased in uh, once their PPEs were ready uh, yes. as of the 25th. Yes. And I can safely say to you, those schools that uh, had that opportunity to, re to receive their PPEs, mm -hmm. a week was enough to figure out the legislation. Remember, it's also all over. Mm -hmm. It's on social media, it's on electronic media, it's on print media. The department is communicating with principals on their platforms. Mm. Legislation is pushed through remotely. Uh, so that uh, sensible leaders and, and, and academics read uh, in their own time, in their, in, their, in their private space, and prepare themselves for yeah. the eventuality of going back to schools. Mm -hmm. So when we moved in uh, on, 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 on the 25th, it was rubber hit the road. Mm -hmm. uh, we had to pull in everybody uh, and make sure that we, we print these things uh, and uh, we share the legislation, the seculars, the as they come through, because every time yes. everything changes, you you get a gazette that has just been phased in on Friday uh, or Thursday. So today on a Monday, mm. uh, which is the first of June, the educators have moved in, mm. have moved in, uh, because. The dictate is that once the PPEs for them are there, they must move in. On Friday last week, most of the schools here in Gauteng, uh, in particular in Shukandambo where I'm in, we, we got our PPEs on Friday. Now, uh, today is to walk through the the, the, the the educators and the guidelines are there. Mm. Uh, the department has done a thorough work in ensuring that the compliances are written, are out there, they are clear. It's only for managers in offices and heads of schools to start unpacking these things and creating committees to, to make sure where that compliances are there. So I'm, 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 yes. I'm pretty comfortable mm -hmm. that the, the 1st of June is a great breather. My worry was when it was said the teachers are coming in today and the learners are coming in today. The same that thing. was going to be very difficult to manage because we need to orientate 
the teachers to, 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 to this environment. Uh, we need to set up plans. We need to, to mop up and be sure mm. that uh, we've taken care of, of, of the things that needs to be qualified. Gentlemen, with. if you don't mind, I have opened the lines and I've, I've said that we will take questions from people, comments and so on. And I'm glad that you are willing to listen in because I think it will be also interesting for you to hear what the public thinks of all of this. Stephen is calling us from the Northwest. Good afternoon, Stephen. Good afternoon. Go ahead, Look, sir. I'm going to disagree with the minister and the spokesperson of the department. They, they are stating frivolous statements and, in fact, dangerous. I'll give an example. Uh, they, the government released around a surgical mask for, for the police and all sorts of government officials to wear. The police wore that mask. 800 of them got infected. You, you give teachers that kind of mask. So, in essence, you are saying, look, let us dispose of teachers, let us dispose of policemen and every government official. Let's give them this frivolous mask that doesn't protect them. The doctors themselves are not wearing that useless mask. Now, I wrote to the president and I want this, the, the, the office of the department mm. of education to listen very carefully. We have a mask called N95, which is a required industrial mask. Yeah. Why can't they give that to educators and learners? Why, why do they want to do shortcuts? We are talking of people's lives here. When people die, they will be then say, no, let us, let us reduce the, the amount of you are being sued. And the other issue that I want to, that I had the minister. So, so was, let, me, let me just be clear, Stephen. You're not saying people mustn't go back to school. You are saying that you are unhappy with the type of PPE that's been provided. First of all, that's the issue. The second issue is I'm saying the president must close the schools. We are not ready yet. Because there are no N95 masks. Okay, no, 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 hang on. Stephen, I want us to, let's follow you, okay? Yeah. You are unhappy about N95. So I'm trying to say to you, if tomorrow we decided, okay, we hear Stephen, we are going to give everybody N95s, does that solve your problem? Or are you saying children must be at school, at home, forever and ever, amen, until we solve COVID-19? Let, let me tell you something. That's what I'm saying. We have a problem in our country. Mm-hmm. They, they don't look at what we call good standard practice all over the world. Mm-hmm. First of all, someone must wear a surgical mask first and then secondary an N95 mask. We don't want that kind of practice. We, we, we like to cut corners. So we are talking here of around 120 million masks. Do we have that as a country? The answer is no, we don't have What if I gave it to you? Stephen, I want you to move the conversation forward. And because I don't have much time, I want you to answer the question. If we were to solve that problem, what does that mean for you? Are you still against children going back to school? Obviously. It's exactly as that because the country doesn't even have the finances to go for all that type of equipment. The second issue is they're saying to the teachers, look, uh, you don't have a right to tell us that you, you you are... you, you, are, you have underlying conditions and the like. Go to the doctor. The doctor then will give you a certificate. We are saying, look, a teacher, first of all, is an individual with right. He, he or she has a right to say, I'm not going there. Okay. Because I can see people get infected. All right. Some die. This, I don't want to die. You've just... So a teacher, a teacher must have a right to say no. Mm. Why you've... do you force them to, to go into a little corner? Help me out. You've just used the word we. Are you a teacher? No, 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 no. I'm not a teacher. Number one, let me tell you the truth about who I am. When we talk of of issues here, I I long spoke to the president about this. I I said, look, Mr. President, are you aware a virus is coming into the country? Close the borders first before we have a virus. So tell me who you are, Stephen. 
what I, all I'm going to tell you is that I'm a member of the society of mm-hmm. South Africa. Mm-hmm. And I've been engaging the president, even the state security. And we cannot have... A, a, a huge number of black people getting infected okay. simply because if, if, you're, uh, if you're saying to me you've been engaging the president, does it mean it's a two-way conversation, you get responses back from the president, how lucky well, are you? I can, I can tell you that even yesterday or, or, yeah. or this morning yeah. the president in fact announced some of the things which I, I was talking with no, him about no, I want to know, the president. If, are you on a hotline so you, you can pick up a phone and just call the president and then no, are you, no, no, do you guys no, have that see. kind of relationship? Listen, that's what I'm saying. We've been engaging heavily and robustly. You're not telling it, me who you are. You keep saying no, 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 we. No. That, that's what I'm you, saying. You isolate yourself we, every time and you're changing. And I want you to be committal. Commit yourself to who you are. You keep saying we. And I'm saying who's we? Is it well, you? Who's we? We are talking of different levels of people here. Number one, we've got, we've got uh, individuals like myself. We've got agencies around us. Mm-hmm. We collect information. We gather information. We analyze it. We see the danger. And the danger is simple here. Why do we want the kids to go where the virus is or where the virus will be? Why are, are you shy? That, are why, are are you shy? why are you shy to tell me exactly who you are, Stephen? Well, that's what I'm saying. The president even knows me. But that's even what the I'm saying. security knows me. That's what, what I'm, I'm saying. saying because I don't, I don't have access to the president. Surely you must be representing some constituency. Look, that's what I'm saying. First of all, mm-hmm. me. So you're me, not a commoner is what I'm trying yeah, to say. Me being Stephen mm. has been engaging the president and all levels of government, even South African human rights. You know, they came recently. Stephen, been, uh, you refuse to answer look, the question. Look, look, look let me tell question. you. Let me summarize. I've got, to go because I've got to go because it's headline time. Unless if you want to engage us further. But but there's some rules here. We must be, we must be, we must be transparent because it's not fair when you represent a specific view and keep speaking in the way that you do and refuse to be transparent with us. That's not fair. Stop telling us that you are a commoner because you're not. It's clearly to me you're not. I can't pick up the phone call and call the president. Many of us can't. So you obviously have privileges that we don't know of. Tell us who you are so that we understand the position that you come from. We'll take those calls on 0891-104-207. It's one thirty now. Let's go to Utsila Saku for the very latest in headlines. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM. 107 FM. In Start. Hi, I'm a teacher in a lower primary school here in Limpompo. In my school, the highest grade we have is grade 4. There's no grade 12 or there's no grade 7. But we are told to open on the 8th of June. And nobody talks about that. So the gazetted dates for opening grade 4 is 13 August this year. But here in Limpompo, our grade 4, our school will receive grade 4 on the 8th. There's a lot of confusion here. Pimelo is asking, how did we get ourselves here? Well, astrologically speaking, this is supposed to happen. And this will continue to happen until systems and government are toppled over. 
until the poor people are taken care of this will go on and besides the people that are making decisions they don't even know astrology at this point in time there's four planets that are retrograding there are four planets that are moving backwards which tells us we must all move backwards and do things differently if anyone is interested i can write a report on why we're finding ourselves in this situation astrologically speaking by the way warren buffett is not uh putting his money in aviation anymore because he follows astrology he understands why aviation will never be the same again if you're interested let me know hi it's mr sitanga here from butterworth i think one thing that got us to be in this position you know with all the counseling and all the confusion is just an issue of the department not implementing what um unions and other civil organizations have been saying all over these years which is fixing the infrastructure of schools that has not been done properly so today that's why we're facing all these kinds of things i think that's my view if ever the department was able to fix all these things in time and listen to all the proposal by unions together with civil organizations about the infrastructure of schools i don't think we would be in this mess right now Thank you so much for all those voice notes. And uh, my two guests uh, this afternoon is Godwin Corsa, CEO of NECT. Uh, this is the National Education Collaboration Trust. These are the people that have collaborated with other stakeholders to put together guidelines for discussion to see the readiness of schools to go back into operations. And then I'm also in conversation with Mr. Richard Masamola, CEO, co-founder of Teach South Africa. And uh, as an educator, just giving us perspective of how ready is ready ready so that's the question it's not so much are you ready it's how ready are you ready that's that's the the clarification we got from mr koza there so gentlemen i promise you i'm not going to ask you to comment on astrology i wouldn't do that to you but um you know mr koza you you highlighted one or two things that i suppose everybody's asking about and one of the voice notes is alluding to that infrastructural problems that have existed for the past 20 plus years and so on right that will not be fixed today in in your assessment and in the guidelines that you've put together how are we going to navigate that if you are categorizing some of the things like uh, a sink and so on on your critical list so um so the guidelines have been set up by uh, the Department of Basic Education. Mm-hmm. The addition that we, we've made was, you know, a suggestion that they have to be categorized. Mm. But specifically to your question, I mean, if you talk about water, mm. um, so, you know, effectively, the water problem is not primarily an education problem. Yes. Right? So it's a widespread challenge across the country. However, in order for the learners to learn in a safe environment, then um, provisions for water have to be secured from an education point of view. So, um, you know, that being the case, I mean, rainwater is busy um, delivering tanks and then they're arranging tankers to fill uh those uh those tanks on an ongoing basis um the department of education the the dg and the heads of departments in the nine provinces 
as a primary responsibility to put in systems I mean, to make sure that there is water in those schools. But practically, you know, I mean, some of the, you know, some of the, um, you know, strategies will be to decentralize some of the functions. I bet each and every principal knows how best to get water from their own community. Um, they, they know that better than, uh, you know, the DG knows, for instance. Um, so, you know, that's one. I mean, I think, I think we'll have to find ways of decentralizing the responsibilities that can be carried out by principals mm-hmm. with the relevant support, either from the circuit or the district or the school. Um, that, uh, rainwater was delivering tankers from, I think it was important because it's an emergency situation, but this emergency, it looks like it's going to be with us for a much longer time. So the best thing to do will be to try and ring fence and identify and define those responsibilities that must be decentralized to the school. You know, the principal is the um, site manager, if you like. Yeah. Everything that happened in the schools, actually the principal must be able to make decisions around some of those things. If we don't do that, we'll have to tank, uh, the tanks and they'll run empty. Um, if we don't empower the, t- the principals, actually, to start taking care of those, uh, you know, local, um, unique, you know, needs and demands and, and supply dynamics. All right. Um, so let me just round it off and then ask you, Mr. Masamula, you know, as, as an educator, um, I'm, I'm concerned about this. I don't know how to phrase it, but I'm, I'm concerned about the date issue. We, we seem to be adamant on putting a date commitment to readiness. And I understand that it means that it holds us all accountable to a specific goal that is common. But I'm worried that the date issue also is a hindrance because we, 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 you know, we keep missing the date. What, what are your concerns around now a new date being set? Is there a concern or is it not a concern for you? Well, there is no way that you wouldn't be a concern. But I believe, as Mr. Koza is saying, uh, if, if, if a lot of this work could be evolved uh, down to the level of the district and the principals, we could easily figure out what is doable, what is not doable. Because... Uh, it's not a one glove fits all type of a situation. Each school is different from the next school. Yes. And the issue of the date for me is moving the system uh, uh, at once. But if we were to say which schools are ready, can they move in? It's something else. And I can understand where the unions are standing in terms of ensuring that no child is left behind. Uh, in terms for, for for the sake of all schools to be ready mm. it is an issue uh, i can tell you where i'm sitting now mm. first june if the children were here i'll tell you that uh, the school will not be ready to receive them mm. all right I'm gonna... whether the ppe has arrived on friday or arrived on thursday mm. it needs a, a plan mm. of how to orientate, train, and educate people around receiving others. So, so the movement, and I must applaud the unions and the minister who have finally agreed mm-hmm. on this issue of shifting the date to the eighth. It helps a great deal for those of us who are on the on the chalk phase, 
on the front line, on the operational side. The- because then it allows you to deal with the issue of the right day and date of the children coming to, so that our schools are ready for them to come in. Mm. And I've seen there's a new management plan where it's actually giving in which grades must come in yes. uh, right up to the 3rd of August. Grade 11 comes in on the 3rd of, of, of July. Grade 8, 9, 10 coming in on the 3rd of August if those dates are fair. The issue of dates for me are very important when we've got to holistically manage this thing of okay. how do we prepare our our our, our institutions to receive to receive these children. I'm gonna have because to the one point five thing mm-hmm. or the two meter distance social distancing yes. put huge implications on the institutions to be ready. Gentlemen, I'm going to have to thank you. Thank you very much for making the time to talk to us and for your reaction there, Mr. Richard Masamola. So succinctly put together uh, his 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 position as an educator and what kind of difficulties they face. And uh, Godwin Koza, CEO of NECT, National Education Collaboration Trust, and for also just giving us a really great sense of what it means to be ready. How do you measure readiness? And that's really is the question. I want to thank you both for joining us.